0: Good evening, folks. Uh, welcome to the Grid island crew. Tonight, we will be previewing the AFC South. We'll be looking at off-season moves in the teams and free agency in the draft, uh, coaching changes, uh, where the teams need to improve ahead of the new season, uh, the schedule each team's facing, and uh, who will crush it for each team. So there'll be one player that we think will crush it for their team this year, uh, and then we'll discuss um, where we think they're going to finish as a division this year. Uh, Joining me tonight, I've got Gav and I've got Graham. Hey, Gav is the cruise giant, and I know it's because of the team he follows. Gav, how are you?
1: Yeah, doing very well, Dan. Great to be here. Excellent, Graham. A bit of new,
0: We also go by the name of the Celtic Texan. We'll try and be nice to him tonight. How are yourself? How are you doing, Graham?
2: Yeah, doing fine. Yep. Thanks for uh, asking me along. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming and joining us. Give us your
0: expertise. I mean, if you they the uh, don't really know it, uh, Graham, because he's new. But if you can't tell by his name, who team he follows, just look at the room behind them. of <laughs> <have> a giveaway? <laughs> so tonight we're going to uh, start on the with Gav and Gav's going to cover off the Jags for us um but Gav take it away
1: yeah absolutely so I guess um Jacksonville Jaggers I mean the the AFC South um perhaps not one of the the league's strongest divisions last year but uh, nevertheless Jaggers Pretty good season, came out in top, um, admittedly with a, a nine and eight record. Um, but actually um had a real moment in the, the playoffs, uh coming back from twenty-seven to nothing down against the, the Chargers uh at home. Um and even pushed the Chiefs pretty hard before falling twenty-seven-20 in the divisional round. So um I guess a lot to be um optimistic about for for fans heading into the, the new season. Um I guess continuity is probably a, a big thing for the, the Jags. Obviously, you've got an established coach there now in, in Doug Pedersen. You've got Trevor Lawrence as the third year uh quarterback really starting to to come into his own. Um but I guess probably one of the biggest gains um for the, the Jaggers this season is actually um coming off suspension is Calvin Ridley. Yeah. So he, here's a guy who um you know had a couple of really good seasons um the, the Falcons getting about 100 targets a, a year um, before, uh, obviously had his betting issues uh, and the, that year-long suspension. Um, but coming into new setup, as he with a with a really promising quarterback, uh, I think the two can really help each other out and make for, for an exciting year ahead.
0: How is that? how is a free agency?
1: Free agency. And um, to be honest, um, in terms of acquisitions, I'm relatively quiet. So um, Dernus Johnson was probably the one name that's coming up at, at running back. Um, but I, I think, yeah, free agency, quite a quiet period. The draft, however, um, yeah. they were really busy. So the, the Jags actually had 13 picks. Wow. Um, Overall, um bit of an emphasis in D at the first sorry, on offense. The first three picks went on the, the, the offense. Um I think a particular note they had um, Anton Harrison, uh the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma was the, the first overall pick. Um pick twenty-seven overall. Um that's gonna be key, obviously. First of all, keeping Trevor Lawrence upright, but also uh, they've got uh, uh, one of their other tackles, Cam Robinson's looking at a suspension. Uh, as well, so obviously having that cover there is going to be really important for them. Um, so to see a lot of um, a lot of new faces, uh, young new faces coming into the team. It's also going to be a lot of fresh blood uh, in that team. And really, I, I guess just um, trying to improve is going to be the key. In o- offensively, um, they were kind of lower end of the top ten. So we're talking tenth total offense, tenth in passing. 10 points per game, uh, run game a little bit weaker. They were ranking 14th overall, um, but but certainly, as you say, a, just seemed to be adding those few extra pieces just to, to make that system click. Yeah,
0: and as you as you say, the continuity of having the same coaching staff, the same quarterback, they've basically kept the same core of a team. of say they're quite a free agency. The Jaguars, well, obviously, we'll go into predictions a wee bit later. But the Jaguars probably can only improve this year. but they seem to be on an upward trajectory. Since lawrence came in that first year obviously it struggled a wee bit the whole urban meyer situation all that and then Peterson coming in and being a very good coach and kind of giving them he's the experience of having a young quarterback with an experienced coach has worked really well for trevor lawrence so they can only get better can't they
1: yeah i, I absolutely i mean i think it's um it's funny that the the jaggers are a team for, over the last five six years they seem to kind of um been really up and down you know that great run where they very nearly made um made the super bowl with with Bortles uh mm-hmm. quarterback and um obviously since then we've, we've kind of been used to seeing them kind of picking um at the you know very early on in the the draft the, the last couple of years but with that they have made some really smart uh acquisitions Trevor Lawrence did have a bit of a, a rough ride in his rookie year but I think as we've seen uh you know second season starting to Really come into his own. And um, obviously, there's a bit of a feeling here that they're maybe slightly ahead of the game, um, you know, with quite a few uh, other teams in the division going through rebuilds uh, at the moment, as we'll move on to to talk about.
0: Yeah. How's our schedule looking for this year?
1: So, I think in terms of the, the schedule for the uh, for the jags um i, I guess with the, the one thing is you know being division winners obviously you're gonna have a few trickier games on the, the slate so um they do need to play the chiefs they've also got uh the 49ers as their sort of their, their additional uh nfc team that they're, they're facing this year um i think the, the key things that i dreamed um is really week four first of all so that's um uh excuse me um Week four, I think they have got the Saints uh, as a tie. Um, but the stretch that I'm looking at is December, um, quite a, a tricky uh, group against the, the the three games against the AFC North sides, um, followed by the, the Bucks. I think the the FC North uh, we expect to see a you know quite a strong division there this year. Um, admittedly, two of those three games are at home, but then they, they also play the, the Bucks, another team that finished uh, you know similar records at 8-9 but they still won the the division Um, and I think a team you'd probably be looking to be in the playoff hunt Yeah, Uh, so big games in December Um, and then week week 18 like a lot of the sides finish up with a divisional battle they do need to go to Tennessee in that final week of the season so it is um, I I wouldn't say they've got the strongest schedule but they do have quite a loaded uh, end to the end to the regular season
0: yeah, looking at the, the division across the whole board, and I was doing the research as well, and without going into too much detail yet, because I will mention it, is I think this division is going to be one of the divisions, and this sounds really daft because all divisions are the same. It's really going to be decided with those divisional games. The games out with, looking at the schedules of the teams, the games out with obviously are, are going to be important, but the key to win this division is going to be winning your division. It's not going to be necessarily winning games out with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the, the Jaggers are a perfect proof for that, that, you know, once you get into the playoff, you know, with the division title, you get that home game and anything's and possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, excellent. So which player is going to crush it this year for the Jags?
1: Well, I've maybe hinted at it already, but I, I really do have a feeling about Calvin Ridley uh, for this team. I mean, I think obviously you can... Um, make the the case for the the wisdom of uh, his gambling issues and you know get himself taken out for you, but th- this is a guy who's partnered himself with you know what, I think one of the the elite quarterbacks uh, of the, the league now um, coming off a fresh year with a with a brand new coach. I think it is an opportunity to to restart with a team that's on the up. And I think um, you know when we talk about teams that are looking to to make the leap, as I say, tenth ranked offense adding those extra weapons having that that top target it is a passing league now I think he's yes. going to be a key part of the Jag season
0: yeah and I think he's sat that year, but he's had a year to learn the playbook and he's watched his team play and I mean as much as he's sat in the ceiling which would be frustrating for him it's going to have been a massive advantage for him as well sitting there watching how it all develops and how players run without actually being there if that makes sense
1: yeah I, I, absolutely and I think um I, I think it is just having that opportunity to uh, to digest. I mean, receivers, maybe not the same as some other positions in the league where, you know, you, you're taking the, the hits and you you are running back. You know, we know uh, people get worn down. But I think having that opportunity just to, to come back into league fresh, I, I think really could be to his advantage.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Gav. That was a good uh, summary of the, the Jags. So next I'm going to move on to the Colts and that's going to be myself. So, uh. Before we even get into any detail of what's happening in free agency and what's not happening in free agency, the big story with the coach is obviously Jonathan Taylor. Um, they've eventually agreed to to trade him. So everything's up in the air at the moment with that in terms of where's he going to go. Um, there's a bit of chat about the Raiders, but Raiders have basically said they're not interested in trading Josh Jacobs. Um, so yeah, it's the Jonathan Taylor situation has now became... I do wonder whether the coach wished they'd done this earlier, because it's obviously now getting closer to the season. Um it's now a distraction with, what, three weeks to go, four weeks to go. Um, something they could probably have put to bed a lot earlier. I don't know why they've waited so late to make the decision. Uh, they've obviously made the decision. Um, across the board, Colts, uh, this off-season. So in uh, free agency, they weren't massively busy, but they were. They added a few pieces of obviously. They added Minshew, uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, everybody's favourite backup quarterback. Stroke starting quarterback depends on the team you play for. And... Um, so they've added him obviously. I think I can't remember if they added, they must have added him pre, so they weren't sure where they were going in the draft. They've obviously added him as a security blanket. Um, a lot of people were expecting it to be the starting QB, but it looks like Richardson's got the nod, uh, which will be ha- make some of the fantasy owners happy. Uh, they also added Samson Ekubam uh, edge, uh, Isaiah McKenzie at wide receiver, and Tavon Bryan on the D line. So that was their pickup, so not a massive amount. Uh, they did lose a few uh, players names who, who are recognized because so they, they lost Bobby uh, can't can speak now Okereke, who went to your Giants Gav
1: yep.
0: uh, Paris Campbell as well
1: yep, another one
0: uh, Yannick Nicolae he's not picked up a team uh, and Rodney McLeod went to Cleveland so they, they lost a few players there people recognize the names um, at the Colts um, big changes on the coaching side of, of the of the ball of the ball of the team. Uh, obviously, uh, Shane Steichen coming in for the Eagles. Offensive coordinator at the Eagles was was phenomenal. Uh, led the, uh, them as far as he did. He's, it's, it's going to be a big step up for him, but it seems like a good place to go. A team it's in a rebuild for a new coach, um, new quarterback to go with. Um, Daddy, J- Jim Bob Cooter, what a name that is. <laughs> He's an offensive coordinator. That is a, a belter of a name. Uh, Brian of is our special teams coach he's been at Notre Dame um, where they had I think it was the league's or the college's highest amount of block punts uh, last year so they obviously think they can do well with him and Cam kind as a quarterbacks coach so they've kind of uh, rebuilt their coaching team around the team as well which is which is good to see that they're going to need to have all these pieces in place for a rookie quarterback coming in um, in the draft we'll go into the draft obviously we all know Anthony Richardson, the biggest uh, pick for them came out of the draft they took him at four um people. was it a reach was it not a reach should they've gone elsewhere but I think I think it's a good place for them. I think the coach is a good landing spot for, for Richardson. Um I wasn't sure if they would start him. I was hoping they would because I want to see him I want to see him playing in the in the NFL uh, but a lot of people are like oh maybe start shoe." have um, Richardson sit behind them, learn a wee bit, get a bit more experience, but if you're going to draft a quarterback at four, surely you're going to play them, is, is the way you look at it, if you're going to go that high on somebody. Uh, they picked up Julius Brents in the second, a cornerback from Kansas State, uh, which we will mention, I'll talk about the, the secondary in, for, in every second. In the third round, they picked up Josh Downs at 79, which seems to have been a good pick-up for them, um, a wide receiver, because I say, they lost they lost Paris Campbell, they picked up Isaiah McKenzie, so it gives them a bit more depth the wide receiver as well. So they've got Pittman there as their number one. Um, so it's given um, Richardson a few options and a few weapons out wide. Uh, and they picked up Brick Freeland, a tackle in the fourth. Um, so that'll give them a bit more uh, on the line as well. Um, looking at improvements, the role line was a massive issue uh, last year. And it seems that they've not addressed all the issues. And if you've got a rookie quarterback coming in, You need to protect them. Richardson's probably got the advantage of he can run as well, so he doesn't need to sit in that pocket all the time, but that's not the way you want to be. You want to be able to do both because it just becomes predictable. Last season, they were 27th for overall yards, um, 29th on points scored and points allowed. So on both sides of the ball, they really struggled last year in terms of putting up points and stopping points uh, on the board. So that's something they really need to improve on um having richardson having downs having mckenzie um it's going to help them on, on the offensive side of the ball the issue is going to be who's going to be running the ball for them and they've got the backup running back at the moment zach moss um are they going to go out who's left for is he probably the only free agent that's left that's an established runner at the moment i can't remember who else is out there but with Elliott and cook picking up teams are they going to go for somebody like Fournette just to give them that a bit of experience um, or are they going to try and do some sort of trade where they put, bring a running back in as well, um, which need to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, what I mentioned about them picking up um, the cornerback and their secondary is very, very thin with not a lot of experience, especially at safety. Um, and that's obviously last year's year, so like 29, 29 points allowed. So if a secondary still going to struggle this year, they're, they're not going to be able to stem that flow that they had the issue with last year. So, yeah, how, how, we going to wait and see how that, that plays out for them. Their schedule, like, like we said a minute ago, Gav, I think what the, this division is going to be settled on games against the teams within the division. They've got to see, as you mentioned, the NFC North, so they play the Ravens, the Bengals and the Browns. I, I, I can't see them picking up any wins out of those three games. The rest of their games are all up for grabs, I feel. Um, it just could go, you could end up with this this division canceling itself out if they all split the series. Um, you, you could end up, you, you only have to pick up points, eh, wins elsewhere. But it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out um, within the division. But yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one to watch.
1: I think the timing of these games is really important as well because you know with um you know as we're going to talk about shortly you know get the Texans you know invest a lot in the draft this year um and then obviously the, the Colts with with Richardson as their starting QB you know there, there's a lot of young blood in this division and I think you know how these games go sort of week one week two could be very different as opposed to once you get to December January time yeah
0: as you as you we we mentioned earlier me on with a conversation that. If the quarterbacks at start are the ones we're expecting to start, then it's looking at like Trevor Lawrence is, is one of the most experienced. We don't know what the Titans are going to do. They're going to go with Tannehill, they're going to go with Willis, they're going to go with Levis. Who knows? Probably Tannehill to start with. But if you look at that division and thinking Trevor Lawrence is the, the best quarterback in that division off the bat, then it is very new blood in that division. Yeah, so it's interesting to see how, how it all plays out. Um, this is going to be an obvious one. I'm sorry, Keith. I know you want us to do not obvious and you want us to go a wee bit controversial and whatever. but the that's going to crush us is going to be Anthony Richardson. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I'm so excited to watch him playing after seeing these, some of his stuff in college. Uh, he's big, he's powerful. He can run, he can throw. Did you see the video of him throwing the ball in my the other day? Have you seen this video? I there's like a, video wrong, a, a, a drill training camp when he, and he rolls out to his right. And he jumps and he's in the air, and he throws that ball down the field. It's just like it's just. I mean, you see, Mahomes doing his wee jump passes, but they tend to be just wee. But he's he's jumped in there and he's just launched this thing. It's a, he's just a, he's an absolute machine, and the build of him as a quarterback is. I don't know. We've not seen one line for a while. I don't think in terms of the power and the pace. Um, I don't know a lot of people compare him to like kind of a modern day Cam Newton. Um, that's kind of the comparisons he's getting, but. Yeah, I mean he's just he's gonna be one to watch. I mean there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that you want to watch, and I think he is going to be one of them this year. Uh, I'm sorry, Keith, I know it's not controversial, but <laughs> it's obvious and I can't really argue with it. Um so yeah, that's that's a that, That's a Colts for me. Hey right, Graham, let's take it away. Let's hear all about your Texans and how that they've been this off season. Okay.
2: Um yeah, so obviously on the back of a bad season last year, um, made worse by the fact that we decided to beat the Colts in the last game, which cost <laughs> us the first pick. What was
0: that, what was that again? Before we oh.
2: got into everything, why? I, I think that was just like, um, just a, like a two fingers up to the establishment, you know, from um, the former head coach. Obviously, just like, I'm not going to keep my job, so... I'm going to win this game, cost you the first round pick. But it kind of worked out for us anyway, because some people are saying that we probably worked out better with, with the way our draft has worked out for us. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, off-season, uh, there was a, a few notable, notable people left. You know, Brandon Cooks went out, but I think he was needing out well before he did go. So there was no surprises there. I think uh, some of the free agents we took in uh, tight end is it Schultz that we took in. Yeah, yeah uh, the, the, the Cowboys. Kid. Yeah. So I think we've been lacking a bit of a a solid tight end in that role, and I think he kind of fits the bill. And just depends how his chemistry works with. I reckon it'll be C.J. Stroud that we're yeah. rolling with this season. Um, but from what I've seen in the first two preseason games, he's looked. Like a solid option at that position. Uh taking in some running backs. Um Boone. Uh he's been he's been getting a few carries. I think they're just trying to work out who's gonna be like number two behind Pierce. Yeah, you know, who's gonna be the backup because Pierce proved last year he's an absolute weapon out the backfield. And I think that's gonna help. Like and I think this is can be said for all of the AFC. South with the the young quarterbacks and that is, it's predominantly like a run heavy division. You know, they've, they've usually got a good running game. Every one of them, you know, like look at the Titans running on the back of Henry. You know, it's it's been Taylor in New England and uh, uh, the the Colts and well the Jags. You know, they had Fournette and stuff. They they've had good running yeah. backs. So it it really doesn't matter how good the, the the throwing is early on in the season for these guys because they, they do have a strong running game um as for our draft well we had like a bag full of picks which we used very offensive like aggressively i would yeah. say yeah like, I, 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 yeah that's the most aggressive i've seen the texans in the draft for a long
0: yeah. time we we done, a, we done a show about the draft and we talked about it and i think uh, Gav, who, are you, I cannot remember his name who predicted this, the, the, the shift again there was only one analyst there was one uh, guy
2: it was uh, was, it? Um, it was the lad at the end
0: yes, I, I know his <laughs> name is one of the biggest analysts there is but I've completely forgot his name um, but he was the only, the only person that predicted that this would happen
2: and that it was, like you say, it was so aggressive to, yep, to do yep. it
0: but it was genius
2: I think it was a statement by uh Ryans, you know it's like, this is this is the new attitude in Houston. You know, I'm going to put my stamp on this team. I think it was more like a a bit like just smart business picking CJ at two. You know, uh, Nick probably pushed that one, Nick serio. He probably pushed that one. And then D'Amico was like, well, we've got all these picks. And like the, the analyst said, it's like the only team with enough capital to pull that maneuver off was the Texans. Yeah. So he went up and he got his guy. He was wanting a strong defensive figure um, to to shape the defense for years to come in Houston. So I I think it was aggressive. It was needed. Uh, invigorated a lot of the fan base through the draft. Um, well, I know I was. Yeah, the so awesome. there, it was
0: Daniel Jeremiah.
2: Was oh, that who it was?
0: Yeah. I, I knew. I couldn't just couldn't remember his name. Yeah. He was sitting right at the end of the table. Yeah. Yeah. He's he like. This is what's going to happen. They're like, no, 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 no. And suddenly the Texans have traded. They're on the clock. are like, what? Yeah, I know. I think no, I was bouncing.
1: It. And I've got to say as well, being able to have two high draft picks, I mean, this is something the Giants went through last season um, where they were picking twice in the, I think fifth and seventh they were last year um and you've been able to add a key piece to both the offense and the defense at the top end of the draft i think it's one of these things that you know it's not going to guarantee you a super bowl run all of a sudden but it is a thing that you know gives that renewed hope to, to a fan base that's really in need of it
0: yeah so play after, play. after stroud where, where did you go after stroud then
2: so then it was will anderson jr at, at three uh then after that we went for juice scrugs center uh penn state he has been uh, featuring heavily in this preseason games, so I think he probably will win the gig. Because I think it was just uh, it was Brett that left, coming on like a one-year deal, and then he he never renewed it. He was injury-prone through the season, you know, veteran guy. So young talent there to bolster up that O-line. I think as well that he can play it all along the line, but he's best at run. Run block, which suits our probably Damien Pierce heavy attack. Uh, After that, we went for uh, Tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell. He's a guy out of Houston, so really fun guy to watch so far. You know, I know he's only played the one preseason game. He come out, uh, he didn't uh, start in the Miami game. Tightness, but that first game against New England, I think he had like five. Yeah, five receptions, 65 yards on a touchdown. You know, that's that was with Davis Mills throwing at him.
0: Yeah. So what what type of receiver are you getting with him? What, what are you expecting from him?
2: I think he's more like he's like an upgrade of what Kiki Kuti should have been. You know, that he's not the WR1. He's more like slot, but he's like electric. You can also, like, I don't know if you've seen any of his highlights from, like, uh, kick returns. But the the guy is like tricky, you know. Yeah. He's just explosive. And the catch he made in that New England game, I don't know if you've seen it.
0: No, but I'll, I'll need to go watch after this.
2: <laughs> uh totally juggling it. You know, and, and made sure I think he ended up catching it with his hip. So never took his eyes up. Yeah. That's what you're getting with him. You know, yeah. just a fun guy. Wanted to come to Houston. I believe he actually yeah. Might have even I might get this wrong. He might even message D'Amico telling them to come and get him. You know, what I mean? yeah. He he, yeah, he wanted he, to be a, a Houston Texan, which speaks volumes as well. Because some guys, you know, they don't want to be drafted by certain teams because of stigmas yeah. and and all that. But yeah, he, knows
0: all about players being drafted to teams that they
2: don't want to be drafted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the most famous of the lot, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, we we did well. We we bolstered up the defensive line again with another guy, Dylan Horton. Um, also linebackers and uh, Henry Tuatua. I think it's pronounced from Alabama. Uh, I think it is that. It's uh, the name. The names are getting harder and harder. Yeah, when I
0: was doing some research on different teams I all at players' names, and I go.
2: Nah, I'm not going to talk about him because I can't say his name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not the biggest linebacker but I think uh, he's got a bit of speed to him and stuff, so he'll be a rotational guy. Uh, yeah, I think and the, the current
0: league set-up linebackers now aren't the traditional linebacker anymore. They're not these big guys that stop the run or guys that can get out of coverage and stuff like that as well. You know, they can do both. Yeah, um, they have to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, most of the time now you're getting them covering running backs coming out of the backfield or slot receivers now, if they go to to bigger sets on the offense the linebackers gonna to have to cover. Yeah. Uh, so you you're you do not see as big a guys anymore as you used to.
2: Yeah, I think Miami showed um maybe what he needs to work on in the game we played against them. You know, he was um having a man man on man wide receivers downfield. And tough job for a linebacker, you know, on that deep ball. But yeah, yeah I think I think he'll he'll be able to do it. Just yeah. like you say, a rookie rookie guy just needs to learn the ropes on the NFL, the bigger stage. Yeah, if there's one
0: team you don't want to line up one on one as a linebacker against and wide receivers, it's the Miami
2: Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we, we were found wanting at the weekend, but um it's not a bad thing in preseason because it gives you plenty of tape to go back and work on what you're not so good at. Sometimes yeah. it's it's not good to go out and win all your preseason games because you really false sense
0: of security yes yeah you won't learn anything but if you're making mistakes and you've seen where your deficiencies are that's a good that's a good way to look at it yeah, and see, yeah.
2: that's what you can really home in on and i think do you, like I, I don't know if you've seen that the saints and the texans um were meant to have joint practice this week yeah i've seen that they canceled it yeah canceled that i i, I don't know if that was just down to some injuries
0: yeah, I think the, the joint statement they put out, I, I don't know if it was part of the statement, or I read that both player teams have said we've got players banged up. We're we'll just, we're we'll not going really to have these practices because we need the players to, to rest up. Yeah. I think it was down to either injuries or knocks. or It was basically like, it's not worth doing this type
2: of thing. Yeah, I think so. That and probably because we play them like week four, uh, week six or something, that yeah. um, do you need them to have any more tape on you than necessary? Yeah,
0: that's a fair point. Yeah. Especially when it's was that a, the one preseason game left is near the end. So you're yeah. starting really putting your actual offense together, your players' schemes together. So to show someone that this late on in preseasons probably yeah, it probably makes sense.
2: And like you were saying about Trevor Lawrence being like one he'll be like one of the veterans this year in that division. Um if you can use that term veteran. Yeah. The fact that um like CJ he he had a terrible You know, he got pulled early in the first quarter against New England. Didn't seem comfortable, but then in the Miami game, he was far, far improved. But that's because he had more of a starting offensive line. Yeah. Like tons of. Titus Howard's due back week two or three, I think, at at right tackle. So you know, he was getting comfortable with like a more starting offensive line. So his numbers improved, and they gave him the whole. The whole half against Miami, the whole first half, and I think as confident as these guys are, being taken out early against New England because you just like I think it was like thirteen yards he, he had and he sacked for fifteen in one one play and threw an interception. You know those, those things there will eat at you, yeah. The game will eat at you, but the fact that D'Amico went right back to him and then gave him the whole half, yeah, boosted him. I mean,
0: yeah, true. probably for his own protection as well, though, because yeah, no stats. If I if, forget, if, if, yeah, I have no stats that you mentioned there, as going to eat at him. But if they kept him in the game and they get worse and there was more sacks, and there was more interceptions, yeah. his confidence is just going to drop. Yeah. I mean, as a head coach, you could probably take him aside and look, I took you out because this is what was going on, this is why I've done it. i done it yeah. for your own protection, and he'll it, it, go over that, yeah. But for your first start to get absolutely hammered and play a full half, it's a disaster. That's things that confidence sometimes don't recover from or, or take a while to come back from.
2: Yeah, exactly. So like and with the Texans this year, there's been the carousel again at head coach and we've brought in D'Amico Ryans, which great appointment. A lot of the fan base on board with it right away. You know, former draft pick for for the Texans yeah. in 06. Former defensive player of the year, uh, rookie player like defensive rookie player of the year i think he had two pro bowls with, with the texans you know there's a lot of caliber there a leader of men yeah loves 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 the city of houston loves the texans you know just a right fit i think at the right time yeah the right Yep. Yeah. um yeah i think
0: when you go When you go, sorry. go i was going to say he's coming across from a, a team that's very well run as well i mean the, the 49ers are very well run organization so for him coming across two years and basically starting again and rebuilding the team, he's probably coming with the right mindset to do that.
2: Yeah, he's he's coming from a currently winning mentality Um, and like you said, it's well run. I think there's actually like six or seven coaches now on the staff that have ties to the 49ers. Yeah, so
0: what changes are your your coaching side that you made this season?
2: I think, uh, Bobby, is it Slowak? I never can uh, pronounce the names. (laughs) You, You know, you hear them every now and again, but uh, he was with D'Amico um for the past four seasons or something, I think. But it was more on the defensive side of the ball, but he's a offensive minded uh, coach. But I think every everyone that has spoken about him, and this is like a quote directly from like last week's um preseason game, every coach that you speak to about him tells you you're getting a guy who'll come in and like work his ass off, you know what yeah. I mean. And that's exactly what we are needing and brilliant offense in mind. So hopefully, with the key components that we've got in, like there was a play the other week, uh, last week, with Nico Collins. Now, Nico Collins, is this this is another year that people are like, he's going to make the jump. There was already different plays for him that I hadn't seen him run before. Yeah. You know, and there were big pickups like swing plays and stuff, and it was like, okay, th- this guy's thinking more like three-dimensional than just the normal two-dimensional way that we normally play. Yeah. And yeah. and that boosts your, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. Excellent.
0: So if you were to pick, obviously, uh, coming from last season, that like we said, very poor season last season, one thing that you need to improve on, what would it be?
2: Uh, our defensive front, had to be upgraded. We although we had a lot of turnovers, we didn't have a lot of penetration at the quarterback. And that yep. left us wanting. So I think with getting the Terminator in, you know, Will Anderson. We're getting him in, that's going to be like the big splash right away. And it's like the old days when we had JJ Watt or like Clowney and that. You can't just you can't just one on one these guys. Yeah. So oh, even if it, Will Anderson isn't getting the numbers with the sacks and stuff, someone else will be getting home. Yeah, because he's just yeah. yeah, that's just how it works, and yeah, that's yeah. what you need, especially as as the, uh, we've all said, the AFC South is so tight, it's going to come down to divisional games. Yeah, yeah. Talk and, us through um, your schedule then. Um,
0: you points to your schedule.
2: So we've got Ravens away to start with. That's a loss for me. I'll I'll just go like win-loss, win-loss. We'll do do the
0: predictions in a minute. Just give us a quick overview of how your schedule looks in terms of who you're playing, how strong it is and stuff.
2: Yeah, so as we're all playing, we've got the um, AFC North um, teams in there. Um, That'll be a difficult division this year. It's just so strong when you look at it on paper. Probably the Bengals will be one of the, the strongest teams in that. Yeah. The Ravens are going to come back. They've made some pretty good acquisitions, so they're going to be a tough tough squad. I think, though, that the NFC South might be a weak link there. That might be something all our teams can exploit because I believe that the AFC South is actually better than that division just now. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. down the AFC South, but lately there's been a lot more upside to it, and the NFC South has started to dip off. Yeah.
0: Just Which game in your schedule you're looking forward to watching this year? Steelers at
2: yeah. home. Yeah, it's really yeah, good yeah. Because JJ's back. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so, like a what's your, uh,
0: what player this year is going to crush it for you guys? Who, who's your key player this season?
2: I could go easy and go Will Anderson, but I really think Tank Dell could be someone special. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a dude that's going to just light up a league for us. You know.
0: Yeah, he's just going, going to love to... that answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell <laughs> us, what, what, what's, what's he going to do? What's he, how's... I think he's going, going, going to be to like it? that
2: Wes Welker kind of role. You know, just gets... He, he, he The ball just sticks to him. You know, they're going to be able to get it to him regardless who's on him. Uh, he's going to get us out of all sorts of tight situations and stuff. He'll come on occasionally for the odds, run back. I think we might get some special teams points off of the back of him or a great field position for short field and stuff. I just think he's going to bring an excitement to offense and special teams that we haven't seen for a while in Houston. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's just Tank Dell.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks thanks for taking us through that. That was a very detailed analysis, isn't it? It's good to hear. um Someone's so passionate about their own team. It's, it's always good to hear when we, when we cover our own teams. It's always a. Uh, it's always good to hear all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to cover off the Titans and then we'll go into our uh, predictions for the division. So get your uh, your numbers ready. So the Titans uh, free agency this year was quite an interesting one for them. So I'll go through their ins first and then I'll tell you a ridiculous start about their out. So the biggest acquisition has got to be uh, DeAndre Hopkins. was um, kind of a big story. Where was he going to land this year? Um, he's landed in Tennessee. Um, they've picked up Arden Key from uh, Jacksonville, the edge, uh, Russia. Uh, Aziz Alshazir from the 49ers, linebacker, uh, Andre Dallard for Philly, the left tackle position, Chris Hubbard for the Browns at right tackle, uh, and they've took up uh, Luke Gifford from the Cowboys at linebacker. So they've really strengthened in that uh, defensive side of the ball uh, and uh, on on the the low line as well. So they're, they're really getting the protections set up on one side of the ball and then getting the other side set up as well. Now, on the free agency outs, I'm not really going to go into too much detail because they lost 35 players in free agency. 35 players. <laughs> three most notable names that they lost were Robert Woods, a wide receiver. Bud Dupree, um, it could be a big loss for them, depends on how they've covered that. Uh, and Austin Hooper at it tight end left as well. So that was the three biggest names in the players. But yeah, I was looking through the, the free agency and they're off, of like, they had to count. It was like 35 players. I don't know how many of them were. Like starters are just squad players, but thirty to lose thirty five players of agency is a lot of players. Um, uh, the draft, uh, the the four key picks that I've picked out for them is that they took Peter Skronsky in the first round at number eleven. I think that was a uh, when we done the draft and we talked about the draft. That was a very favourable pick up for him. A lot of people liked that that pick. Um, whether he's going to play. A uh, tackle guard, nobody knows yet. It seems to be just as well playing both of them. Uh, but see, obviously, they picked up Dillard and they picked up Hubbard, so they could put them both at tackle and play Scronskate guard. Uh, in the second round, they picked up Will Levis. Um, what they're going to do at quarterback is a big question. We've obviously got Tannehill, they took Malik Willis last year, they've took Levis this year. Um, at the moment, it looks like it's Tannehill, Willis, Levis as is, is the order, but. As we've seen in this league, it can change so quickly. Um, well, Willis didn't really get much of an opportunity. He kind of was okay, and then they put Tannehill in. They played a, way a bit better. Um, picked up T.J. Spears at running back in the third, uh, and then Josh White uh or Josh Wild, sorry, as a tight end in the fourth. That was a key pickup. So not a lot of big positional pickups there, but some that could it uh, could be key for them later in the season terms of staffing, they got a new offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, uh, they got a new GM as well, and Ron Carleton from the 49 who I think was the like, VPR player personnel or something like that, so he's, he's been promoted to GM at uh, Titans, which seems to have been a very favourable pick-up, there's been a lot of positive uh, signs coming out of the fact that they got him, um, they've had a lot of internal promotions as well, and shuffles about, so they lost a few coaches, but instead of going out and picking other people, they've actually promoted people. So Tim Kelly was um, an assistant coach in the offensive field, they've promoted him to OC, so to replace him they've then promoted again. So they've done a lot of shuffling, a lot of promotion internally, which shows that they feel like they've got a lot of talent in the building already, and they don't have to go externally for that. Uh, and they've also appointed, which this this shouldn't be news in this, this day and age, but it is news, they've appointed their first female full-time coach. Uh, low cost and Laurie uh, Locust in quality control so that's another big step forward in terms of the league for that as well um, looking at their improvements and where they really need to improve but I read this stat obviously with Derek Henry we all know how good a running back he is but this that quite surprised me so in the last two years the Titans are 29th in the league for running in first and second down so with someone like Derek Henry in your backfield do you think you'd be much better than that but they weren't. They've had, in, in last season, they had the most rushes in first and second down, but they were the least effective at it as well. So you think at some point you go, yeah, we're doing this all the time, but it's not working. They didn't seem to change it. They seemed to just run with it all the time. Uh, and 25% of their drives last season started run, run, pass. That's just so obvious. They just didn't change it up. It wasn't working in first and second down, but they just kept doing it. So potentially why they didn't have a, a, a great season, but you think something's not working. I don't know whether they felt Henry was on their only key weapon, so they've got to run the ball. There wasn't any really another option, and that's yeah, it's about part of the reason why.
2: Yeah, I think the Titans get sucked into that um, when you watch them, and obviously I see them two times a year. I think the Titans really do get sucked into just run heavy, run heavy, especially if like they didn't have the great wide receiving core last year i don't think yeah so yeah you you can see why it would be so easy to get stuck into using henry all the time and because he's such a battering ram it ends up being that by the end of the game he becomes so effective because it's been a trench battle all game
1: it's a war of attrition
0: yeah (laughs) yeah that's it yeah exactly um also they need to really step up their game in the secondary. Their cornerbacks, allowed the, well not just the cornerbacks, but the team, they allowed the most passing yards in the league last season as well. So that's something they would really need to change if they want to do anything this season coming. Um, looking at their schedule, they've got the 5th easiest schedule in, in the NFL next season. Uh, when I was looking through their schedule, I was like, yeah, that, that, "That on paper it looks like an easy schedule, but that's only going to be easy if they make the step forward and they are a better team than they were last year. Um, the two biggest games are the Chargers week two and the Bengals week four. That's probably our two toughest games. <coughs> um, within Again, as we've already said, it's going to be about what happens within the division for, for the Titans this year. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, in paper, it's easy for them, but it's only easy if you're going to perform at your side of the ball as well. Um comes to who I think is going to crush it this year. There was, there was two players I picked out and I've got to decide between... Two of them. Uh, the one that I'm not going to pick is on Box. I think he will have a great year for them. But I think a key player from this year, and I, I've actually put myself in a coma here because we spoke about not being able to pronounce names. So then I've picked one whose name I will struggle to pronounce. So <laughs> let's give this a go. His name's so obvious. Chikazine Okonkowo. Is that right? Something like that? At the tight end have picked up. I think he... Going in our draft boards, he was very popular. He wasn't going to down down further down, but I think if they move on from Tannehill to a, to a rookie quarterback, or, or well, it's a class I'm still as a rookie, you need to have a strong tight end. And I think uh, Conco. that's how you say it, I remember there Oconco, I think he could be key for them this year in terms of if they're going to get that passing game moving forward. Bucks out where well, he'll do well for them, but it's having someone uh, that the quarterback can rely on uh, as an outlet and it tends to always be a tight end in that situation. Um, so, yeah, so I think it'll be on Conco. He'll be the, the one that crushes it for uh, for Titans this year. Hey lads, that's just covered the, predi- the, the 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 team. So let's get our predictions in. So we'll come to you first, Graham, Where do you think, what do you think your record's going to be come the end of, of the regular season? Where have you got you?
2: Uh, I've actually got us um, picking up eight wins.
0: Yeah, 9 and 8. Yeah. Excellent. Gav, what have you got for the Jags?
1: Yeah, I've got the Jags, I think, going for 11 wins this season. Yeah. 11 and 6.
0: So I had the Colts at 9 and 8 as well. And Titans I had at best 7 and 10. Um that's what I had the titans was any thoughts and you get for you guys about our teams in the division
1: yeah i mean i think for me the, the there's so much uncertainty and i i guess it's easy to think that you know you've got um you've got rookie quarterbacks and in, uh indianapolis and, and houston that you know it's going to be a tough year but actually it could also just be really unpredictable there's no You know, no NFL game filming these guys yet. How do they fit and how do they they take to the league? And we've seen, you know, rookie QBs over the last few years have come in and actually made, uh, you know, sometimes a bigger impact in their first year than they do um, in subsequent seasons. Um, But I think that the Titans, interestingly, they're they're the one that seems to be in that state of flux. And I I guess I I do feel that, um, yeah, maybe just a little bit stale. There, you know, you, they don't quite know what the future is at QB. They've still got Tannehill there, but you know they've got um, Will Levis. They've also got um, Malik uh, Willis. they have not quite settled in who their their guy is going to be under center in the long term. You get Derek Henry starting to rack up the yards, and them. Um, I, I keep making this joke, but you know Julio Jones, you know, has gone there. Um, I. In, in the past and, and Randy Moss is, is gone there Um and now you've got DeAndre Hopkins you know it just seems to like a place where receivers go to uh, yeah. to die, to die um, yeah. so yeah it, it just feels like uh, Titans have been a, a solid team for a couple of years but I, I just wonder if they're going to if they're going to struggle
0: yeah so so do we all agree that the Jaguars are probably going to win the division yeah yeah. so this is where we, what we've spoken about so we've basically got Texans in 9-8 Colts in 9-8 it's all going to come down to these divisional games that that is what it's going to come down to is like those games will go one way or another and suddenly somebody's 10 and 7 and some these is, is out of the playoffs i mean so i think uh give the benefit of the doubt to, to the home team here well, we'll go texans at second gab what's your
1: thoughts i i, I think there's a lot of excitement about the, the texans just the, the fact they've got they've had these multiple picks um yeah. Coming up so so high up the, the draft. And I think the other thing to bear in mind is a lot of people are going to listen and say, you know, guys, this is a rank rotten division. Last year, you but you've picked three teams to have winning records. But I think as we've talked about already, we've got to think about the schedules the teams face. They do face the, the NFC South. And let's bear in mind too that every single team in the NFC South is playing with a new quarterback. Under to this season, so yeah, you can talk about the rookies. There's a lot of change in the NFC South as well, and that's potentially you know, that the fact that they do have a slightly weaker schedule, um, I think could be to the, the advantage of the division,
0: yeah. I think I think the Texans, D, I think Will Anderson will, will make that difference, and I think that will just edge them into second place, um, because as I said, the coach on D are, are not doing very well, they don't need to improve, uh, and they've not really made a lot of steps to improve that side of the ball. Um, can Richardson carry them that himself without Jonathan Taylor there it makes his hard so basically you've got Richardson and Pittman and then that's kind of where you're, you're then kind of struggling after that Josh Downs I mean so yeah I think the, the Texans will pip uh, the coach to second but again the whole division will be up in the balance but I think and then all great Titans bottom in the division
2: yeah I think even if their numbers are off I think that's going to be where they all sit
0: yeah, so also going to have, we're going to have the Jaggers at 11 and 6, and everybody else with a losing record, but in that, in that yeah. order. Yeah, very much. <laughs> Sounds very much like an old NFC East division.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to win that division to get it in the playoffs, though. No, you don't anymore. We'll no, be no, no. no, no, have, any have a
0: winning record in that, that one. one. Uh, anyway, guys, that's us finished with, that, with uh, the preview of the AFC South. Uh, Graham, thanks for, for coming on tonight. No, thank you. Cheers for asking us. No problem, Gav. Thanks as always.
1: Awesome. Thanks, guys.
0: Excellent. Guys, we are 15 days away from kickoff. The crew will be back with the NFC South Preview very soon. Uh, until then, the crew will get you through.